Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, this week we're going to return to the focus on UFOs, and we're going to be meeting up with Chris Rutkowski later on in the show to talk about a UFO flap in Canada. One of the biggest flaps ever. So when people say that we're not seeing UFOs anymore, obviously that's not true. And then the other year, I think 2012, they had quite a number of UFO sightings in the United States. According to MUFON, of course, I don't know if we could believe MUFON anymore because they lent their name to that Hangar One show. Have you seen Hangar One? Yes, I have. I've seen a couple episodes. The last episode on Hotspots, I was a little bit taken aback. They used a bunch of my material and didn't credit me, uh, which is, uh, what can you do? Some of my my ideas and formulas for identifying hotspot uh, regions, I think some of my, my information was cherry-picked. But I think for the most part, it's... Uh, it's really not that well done. Uh, Jan Harzen, uh, the, the international director of MUFON, uh, has been lassoed into to doing this show. And I just, I, I feel that, uh, you know, again, it's it, a lot of things are glossed over. Uh, there's a lot of generalizations uh, going on. I don't really think that uh, the show is digging deeply uh, enough into the subjects that they're trying to cover. And, you know, there's just a lot of, it's it's a lot of pumping that pop culture sort of, I don't know, this weird sort of cultural, I don't know what the term would be, Gene. It's, it's, it's like they're, it, it's like mythologizing uh, the subject to, to some degree, uh, even more so than it already is. And they're, they're perpetuating, I think, some of these, these foregone conclusions by, by the entertainment industry. And, and they're just, they keep pumping out this uh, meme, they're, they're, they're meme glomming on too. That's and, a new uh, phenomenon, meme glomming. Meme glomming. There you go. Let's glom on. Uh, let's throw a bunch of memes at the wall and see what sticks and which ones say ow. <laughs> you know, the thing that bothered me when I was reading reviews of it, the fact that they bring up manufactured documents. They create their own versions of alleged official documents. Yeah. And what's this hangar one? I mean, this is all it, it's all fantasy. There, There is no hangar one. There, There are no. Uh, boxes of files uh, like that, uh, to my knowledge. I mean, I the whole thing has this veneer of of, of, of fantasy, which I find rather disingenuous. Uh, it's really creating this whole myth around MUFON or perpetuating a myth around MUFON that you can just go somewhere and start digging into boxes of files. Uh, last I heard, all the files were in a you know in boxes in Walt Andrus's basement. Or in his garage. You know, for years I was joking, heck, if a uh, tornado ever hit Seguin, Texas, we'd have MUFON reports spread all, all across the, the, the Midwest. You know, and if they're fabricating the location and and they're, they're building up this whole uh, mystique about, uh, you know, this repository of documents... If that's so, how come how come for decades no one was able to pull reports out of you, uh, MUFON? And even now, with with the digitization process that I think James Carrion sort of allegedly completed, it's it's virtually impossible to really pull anything out of there 
unless you have real specific search terms. And it's just a very cumbersome uh, retrieval process that you need to go through on their website to actually, you know, access uh, Hangar One and all the data in there. And it's, you know, and this uh, John Venture, who's the, I think, state director of, of Pennsylvania, I mean, I, I cringed on, on quite a number of his statements uh, that he made in, in the couple episodes that I saw. And, and I don't know, the thing just looks half-baked to me and, and filled, with, uh, filled with fantasy. <laughs> There's no truth to the rumor, by the way, that MUFON's website was designed by the same people who designed healthcare.gov or the <laughs> Maryland healthcare site. But, you know, what bothers me about the whole thing is that these UFO-related shows, so-called reality shows, seem to veer more and more into the world of fantasy. So Hangar One is docudrama. Now, if we go back to MUFON, MUFON is supposed to be a serious UFO organization. It's been there since the late 1960s. And we know sometimes they get the woo-woo elements. All people in the UFO field get woo-woo elements from time to time. Lately, they've been exploiting the woo-woo elements, and maybe, of course, they want to reach a wide audience. But at the end of the day, this is a case of selling their souls. I assume to use the MUFON name, they received a check. But I would think before taking that check, they would have a few ground rules. And it doesn't look like they did. Yeah, you know, it's Hollywood, man. And their job and their business is entertainment. And the stuff that happens in between the, you know, the blocks of commercials is filler. It's the commercials that are the, it's selling soap. It's selling, uh, you know, whatever American uh, product uh, inspired fantasy that uh, is paying the bills around the production company's uh, office and, and the and the network. And, you know, I, I really feel that, uh, that, Jan should exert some, you know, more influence here and and really um, kind of put the thumbscrews on on these writers. You know, okay, the hang of one thing, yeah. I mean, they have to kind of, I don't know, fantasize and and, and mythologize that. But it's just the information is just coming across. It's not doing the subject, uh, I think, justice, and it's denigrating it. And and like I said before, it's it just seems to be, it seems to be anybody that knows anything about the, the, the field of ufology can listen to some of the sound bites and just, and just scratch their heads and go, how much do they pay these people to say this stuff? Uh, it just, I don't know. It's, it's a little disheartening to me. It's enough to say I'm going to give it up, which a lot of people do. A lot of people in the UFO field, I think, find it at the end of the day just not worth participating. There right. you go. By the way, I'm looking over here different sales figures. And I see, since you've done this long number of public appearances, you're listed amongst the top 3,000 in sales in books at Amazon. And that doesn't sound like a lot, 3,500, 3,600. But that's a fairly good number, especially no, for a paranormal book. It is. It went down to, um, in the high 1,000s at one point, I think two people may have bought a book, you know, back to back or something. It's really difficult to determine anything from uh, the Amazon sales figures and sales rankings, uh, especially those lists that they list at the bottom. You're number two in this list, number three. I do find it interesting, though, that my book is being uh, is being looked at uh, from science and technology uh, point of view, which um, 
which is gratifying. Uh, I'm, I'm not seeing it in the paperback version as as coming up in uh, in the UFO category. It's uh, science, math, astronomy, and space science is one list I'm on. Biographies, memoirs, true accounts, true crime is another one, which I think is very accurate. And then religion, spirituality, and the subtitle would be the occult uh, grouping of books. And then in the Kindle version, I'm number two in the UFO list. So I, I'm not sure why I'm not listed in the UFO list on the on the uh, the hardcover uh, part of the uh, paperback, the hard copy. But you know, again, they I did I've been doing a bunch of shows uh, uh, around, and and I did coast to coast um, a week ago, and you know, I found I, I think I'm finding that uh, less and less people listen to uh, coast to coast live, and they I think what they do is they. You know, they become a member and they stream it later at their own leisure. And I think this is pulling out, uh, is kind of broadening out the uh, impact of uh, that appearance. You have Which, to by pay the way, money, I by the way, really to get well. a copy. You have to pay money to be able to subscribe to their podcast service. It's not like us here at the Powercast where the show is free and will always be free. And there you go. Okay, this week we have Chris Rudkowski. He's going to tell us about what's going on in Canada about a UFO flap at a time and place where people were thinking maybe there are fewer UFO sightings, and that is decidedly not so. Chris Rutkowski coming up next with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources, Gold and Silver. Government shutdown, inept politicians, entitlements, looming Obamacare. The death of the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you're concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together, we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money, and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and we'll discuss your options of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metal IRA. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar crashes. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237. 37 extension 130 This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. With new and ever-increasing health threats on the rise, there has never been a more crucial time to support your immune system. Supernatural Silver is a revolutionary new silver solution that is clinically shown to be several hundred times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver and is powerful enough to help protect you and your family from deadly viruses, bacterias, and fungus. Supernatural Silver is scientifically supported, highly effective, and perfect for everyday use inside the body as well as out. The science Digest Journal says silver is our mightiest germ fighter. It is virtually non-toxic and is emerging as a wonder of modern science. Supernatural Silver is the number one choice of thousands for improved health and immune system support. Find out how Supernatural Silver can change your life. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off. Give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're on UFOs again this week, and I'm not talking about being on a UFO, but covering UFOs. Because at a time where a lot of people have felt that maybe UFOs have gone away, they haven't. In 2012, there were a lot of UFO cases in the United States reported by MUFON. Of course, MUFON now has that crazy TV show, Hangar One, so you wonder what's going on with them. And then in Canada this past year, they had a pretty high number of sightings. Chris Rutkowski, the... Canada UFO wave. Is this one of the most frequent number of cases? Yeah, this is about the uh, second highest number of UFO reports we've ever had in Canada. The, uh, uh, there are 1,180 reports that were filed and reported in Canada uh, throughout the entire year of 2013. Uh, the year before that, we actually had more, but uh, we think that was a, a quite an anomalous thing because people were really all, all hyped up about the whole Mayan calendar thing, and there are a lot of people just reporting lights in the sky just for the sake of reporting lights, I think. So we tended to get a lot of cases towards the end of 2012. But the things seem to have leveled out, and the reality is that the number of UFO reports in Canada has been generally increasing since we began doing our surveys back uh, in the late 1980s. So the trend is actually going up, and uh, we already have a good representation for 2014 as well. So you know, the UFOs haven't gone away. Uh, they're still out there, and people are reporting them in very great numbers. Any cases here that are really unusual? Well, I mean, every year we go through the uh, the Canadian UFO survey, 
and pick out uh, some cases for specific analysis. I mean, we, we do the whole thing. We, we find out you know, where the most common reports are, you know, what provinces, what area of the country, what time, uh, you know, were they orange or blue or, you know, we go through a, a detailed statistical analysis. And then we do have some conclusions that are evaluated for each particular case. We each treat the cases as uh, specific uh, examples of, of some something unusual. But in many cases, we can't explain them. We have probable cases. We have possible explanations. Some we just don't have enough information about to rule one way or another. But despite that, and the fact is, we're, you know, we're trying to explain them, there's still a, a good a handful of cases every year that are simply puzzling and well-reported. Maybe the witnesses are uh, fairly good caliber. We have a good information on uh, if they were something else, we'd be able to say that. And yet we have cases that are unexplained. And the percentage varies from year to year, but we're somewhere in the range of, oh, a few percentages every year that, that we simply can't explain. And in 2013, there were some very, very puzzling cases. There was a, a case of a, a former helicopter pilot uh, and two other people watched 50, 5 zero, uh, orange lights moving in the southwest sky in pairs, sort of uh, two at a time, following the same trajectory south to north. I watched this sort of procession for about five minutes, and the helicopter pilot was telling me, you know, I, I've seen a lot of things in the thousands of all hours that I've been flying, and this is just completely baffling. It was not aircraft. It was not satellites. It was not uh, Chinese lanterns. It was something completely different. And when you, when you get cases like that from fairly good observers, those are the ones that tend to make you sit up and take notice. Yeah. Chris, Chris O'Brien here. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, where exactly did that particular event occur? That one took place in a place called Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. And it was on September 28th, 2013, about eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, Portage La Prairie is about straight north of the border between uh, North Dakota and Minnesota. Right. So it's, uh, uh, that gives uh, people a perspective on where that is. Yeah, that's pretty remote up there. There's probably not much going on there that could possibly you know, indicate uh, why those lights were flying in that particular place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you I- know, the, again, it's, uh, you know, these are things that are pretty strange. And we get these types of reports every year. There is a residual number of unexplained cases, even after we try and eliminate cases that are aircraft, satellites, planes, and, and uh-huh. uh, fireballs, and so forth. And yet we get these reports that are just plain unusual. So it's an interesting way of going through it. As I say, this is the 25th year that we've been doing this analysis. And uh, uh, the data is there that there is a real persistent UFO phenomenon that's going on. And uh, I advocate that this is a, a serious phenomenon that uh, science should take another look at that uh, you know a, a good look that hasn't been done before at the very least even if you just look at the uh, statistical analysis right. there's probably a few good uh, doctoral and master's theses uh, in here for a straight <laughs> yeah. scientist to look at i think that's an understatement uh, there's a, a a poster at forum.theparacast.com uh calls himself flipper and this would be a good time to to pose this question uh at the beginning of the show here he wants to know, first of all, if there's a pattern to the 2013 sightings. And his follow-up question to that is, where are the main sightings in Ontario? Uh, and he gives examples near power plants, nuclear power plants, military bases, or particular villages in the remote north. Uh, and first, let's handle that question and follow up. And then I'll ask one about BC. Sure. 
Well, uh, one thing we have noticed, and this has been consistent throughout the past 25 years, is that uh, UFO sightings tend to follow population. So in other words, it's the tree falling in in the forest that uh, you need people around in order to see something, in order to report something. So the larger number of reports come from the larger population centers. So Ontario being uh, the most populous province in Canada, you know, Toronto, everybody thinks of Toronto. It's a pretty, pretty big city. Uh, that tends to be the area where most of the UFO settings occur. Certainly not all of them, but that tends to be where, where most of them occur. Now, there, are, of course, are some power plants, uh, nuclear power plants out there. In fact, just uh, east of Toronto, uh, there, uh, there is a, a fairly significant nuclear power plant. But um, to say that that's why the UFOs are concentrated in the Toronto area is, is difficult to, uh, you know, to rationalize because the reports are literally all around the entire area and uh, southern Ontario, around uh, Lake Ontario, uh, Lake Erie, that, that area there. So I don't think we can say that uh, they're concentrated around nuclear bases and, and military bases. We do get reports from military bases. We do get reports from you know, one end of the country to the other, from the extreme south to the extreme north and to the high Arctic, uh, from coast to coast, from uh, literally over one ocean and over the other. The trend tends to be with population, but the, the numbers of reports are, are really all over the place. If I was to say that there is one particular area that stands out more than any other, uh, that shouldn't be, you know, if we, if we take into account population, I'd actually have to say that the maritime areas, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, that group of, uh, of provinces on the East Coast, uh, they tend to get a few more cases than they should, strictly by population, because they don't, don't have a lot of population out that way. Uh, why that's so, I'm not sure. But that's one trend I can identify. The other side of, uh, of the coin is the other side of the, the country in British Columbia. And you're sort of going to ask something about that. But right. uh, British Columbia has a very significant population, of course, as well. Vancouver uh, is there. But there's a, a section of British Columbia just to the east of Vancouver called the Surrey Corridor. And what happens is uh, as you come over the mountains, there's a valley or a series of valleys where ordinary aircraft have to come in in order to make the Vancouver approach. This is part of a flight plan. This is part of the route they have to travel. Chris Rutkowski is joining us. We're talking about Canada's UFO flap and more with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. We 
all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more, more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, Chris Rutkowski joins us. We're talking about Canada's UFO flap. Now, you were mentioning the flight paths they take in Vancouver. Of course, I wonder in passing, of course, whether people see a lot of things there because they film so many movies in Vancouver. <laughs> That's possible, too. Yeah, I mean, X-Files was based there for a number of years, and uh, a lot of the science fiction shows that we see uh, today based there, especially with the Canadian dollar going down a little bit more, I think we're going to be seeing more of that. But, you know, the Surrey Corridor is, is an area where a lot of people see UFOs. You know, we can explain some of them as being aircraft seen you know, at unusual angles and, and whatnot. But uh, that tends to be another area where there is a, a higher than normal uh, number of reports every year. 
Do you have a solid percentage of the number of cases that traditionally remain unexplained after you account for all the variables? Yes, and I'm, I'm just going to cheat here by, by looking at my, uh, my notes. The number of cases, well, there were 14% that were unexplained in 2013. What that represents is uh, after we take a one pass and we don't seem to have a, a good idea of what was reported, that goes into a, a, a file called uh, the unexplained, the, uh, the uh, unknowns. And then we go through it one more time looking for the really high quality unknowns. That is reports that are not only not just unexplained, but also are reported by pilots or uh, weather observers, air traffic control operators, whether there's multiple witnesses, whether there's documentation whether it's highly investigated, the witnesses were cooperative to the point of providing us with a great deal of information. Uh, and those are sort of the cream of the crop. And those average around a couple of percent every year. The percentage of unexplains has actually remained relatively constant. This is it's quite interesting that if you uh, go back into the uh, archives, and all of our archives are online for anybody to look at, but if you go back all the way to the 19, late 1980s and early 90s, the percentages are actually very consistent. Uh, which does suggest that there is a, you know, although people are continuing to misidentify things, they're also reporting some interesting cases that simply don't have an easy explanation. And those are the ones that we try to concentrate on. We try to highlight those every year. Here's another question from Aristocat. You know, you're talking about uh, quality of cases. Uh, He asked about the percentage of of cases you collected that you feel are credible. and And I think you've answered that. But what is the best case? that stood out to you as the one case that gets us closer to understanding the UFO mystery from, from 2013? From 2013, um, I'd have to say there was an interesting report from Nova Scotia at the beginning of the year, from January of uh, 2013, uh, where two children um, had been doing some tobogganing on a, a little hill just outside of uh, a suburb of Halifax. And they saw a, a large object coming at them over the trees. They'd heard a beeping noise, and that what, that's what uh, drew them to look into the sky. And they said it was the object was like a massive hotel with protrusions and windows and things sticking out. Uh, and it flew towards them over the trees, uh, zipped around a bit, and then flew away out of sight. What's interesting, uh, it terrified these kids. Um, and they were, if I recall... Uh, uh, something like um, uh, 10 and 7 or something like that in age, they uh, were so terrified they ran into uh, the parents' house and they were absolutely white. And I spoke with the the, uh, the mother of the kid and she said, you know, she's never seen her, her son like this before. He was shaking. Uh, they were absolutely, you know, positive that this happened to them. Uh, I interviewed them and they actually drew separately uh, some uh, some drawings of what they had seen is uh, you know very interesting drawings what happened though was that because the mother was very upset about her kids she actually called the rcmp though the mounties came out so the police actually came out to investigate the report and talked to the kids and talked to the parents and looked around the area and you know they took it fairly seriously uh, the mom had assured me that you know these kids you know don't make up stories in fact she you know, threatened them with a good tannin if they were making up a story because they were getting the police involved. And uh, they stuck by their story, you know, and there's no physical evidence left from this. But the fact that, you know, we have uh, impressionable kids 
that saw something to the point where they told their parents that police became involved, uh, that, uh, you know, the, the stories seem to be good. I think that that represents a pretty good case. Now, I mean, a, a skeptic can just say, oh, the kids are just making stuff up for fun. But again, the parents insist they're not prone to this. They've never done this before or since. What did they see? And I think that question still remains, regardless of, uh, of whether you believe it or disbelieve it. It's a pretty odd description of, of a craft that looked like a flying hotel with, you know, protrusions uh, sticking out. Uh, what do you make of that? Have you had any other reports from the area that would indicate that, that this thing had been seen by others? Or were there any corroborating uh, re- reports or a wave going on at the time or anything? Well, the uh, the area, Halifax area, Nova Scotia, does, has had quite a number of unusual reports uh, over the years. Uh, at the time, uh, the beginning of January, we did have an, quite a large chunk of reports, as many as 100 UFO reports uh, from uh, that area of Canada in a very short period of time in January. Um, this description of the hotel, uh, the, the boy was describing you know, an object that was very, very large with a lot of windows in it and lights coming out of the windows. So, I mean, uh, his description of a hotel is at least as good as anything else that I can imagine if I had seen something flying overhead of you know, some people might use the term mothership. Uh, I mean, in his, he'd never, you know, imagined that type of term. So in his case, he reported it as a flying hotel. Well, that certainly would fit with the mothership categorization. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amongst all the cases, do you find any number of hoaxes? Certainly the skeptics will say that if the objects are not being misidentified somehow, and I don't know about this flying hotel, what it could have been other than what it was. Do you find any evidence of people deliberately playing hoaxes? Like, like the Guardian case, I think, from what, the early 90s? Remember that one? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Guardian is a good example to hold out as a, as a classic hoax. Um, the reality is, because we can actually take all our the UFO data, this 1100 and change uh, that's uh, reported every year, and for the most part, we can either assign a category of probable explanation, possible explanation, insufficient info, and so forth. We know that in a lot of cases, in fact, most of the cases, there was an object in the sky to be seen. I mean, we have uh, multiple reports, multiple witnesses. If a person reports seeing a a light moving around, if we can't explain it eventually as a star or satellite or plane or whatever, we know there actually was something there. So there was no hoax involved. They're simply reporting something in the sky. The number of actual hoaxes where people are you know, pulling the wool over our eyes is surprisingly very small. I mean, you know, we can never rule it out, but uh, you have to think in terms of what's the motive, what possible reason could there be for making this story up, uh, if there are uh, corroborating witnesses, if there are other people who had seen similar things. Uh, you know, that tends to discount the hoax theory. I do know that uh, there's another internet hoax coming up, uh, I think, this weekend or early next week that's been advertised, and ufologists have to you know, be on the lookout for that. But now, that's going to be when the show is heard. Can you tell us what this hoax is about? Um, well, um, a number of years ago, um, there had been a, a, a planned hoax where uh, people had used social media to say, listen, everybody on this day at a certain time, I want you to report to the various agencies and UFO groups and to whoever uh, that you had seen a UFO. And this is the description we want you to use. You know, it's a disc shape with an orange light or something and making a, a noise moving in a certain direction. And we want you all to report it happening at the same time. 
And what happened was, sure enough, we got uh, not a lot, maybe 40 or 50 reports um, that all that evening across uh, Canada and parts of North America, I think uh, it was pretty widespread. But because the reports were so similar, and then after follow-up, because we simply don't accept the reports at face value, uh, we tried to do some follow-up, and we tried to follow up with some of the people who had reported it. Uh, they were either reluctant or they, we found out they were using uh, spoofed IDs and things like that. It was pretty simple to figure out that uh, this was a, an Internet hoax. I'll and, tell you what, we'll get into more yeah, about exactly. Internet hoaxes and other things coming along. Chris Rutkowski joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hey everyone, have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional quality results, here's our favorite host Cheryl for no-no hair removal. Thanks. Hey gals, I love talking about my no-no. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-no has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors, so it's perfect for using on all body parts. And now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial. Get the No-No, the facial kit, a travel case, and a $100 discount shopping card, and you don't risk a penny to try it. Try the incredible No-No hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-6062. That's 800-953-6062. 800-953-6062. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. 
Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, Chris Rutkowski is here to talk about the Canadian UFO wave, especially last year when there were quite a number of sightings, and we were going into so-called internet hoaxes. I tend to think, though, that when people are going to perpetrate a hoax, they just create a fake photo and they stick it up on YouTube, don't they? Well, there is a lot of that. As a matter of fact, uh, the uh, uh, you know we're getting a lot more videos and photos uh, these days from people um, reporting UFOs. Uh, it's it's actually pretty common to to be getting them. I mean, one of the questions from skeptics and debunkers uh is that well you know if people are seeing so many ufos why don't we get more photos of them why don't we you know have the smoking gun evidence and so forth well the reality is we get a lot of photos and videos but if you've ever tried to use your uh your iphone camera to take a photograph of something moving in the distance in the night sky you'll quickly realize that it's really quite useless uh the resolution uh is simply not good enough uh, even with a standard camera, with a film camera, uh, if uh, you know, if there's a distant light moving in the sky and you try and take a photograph, you're not going to be getting very much. And the same thing with video. If you're going to be trying to get a video of a distant object moving in the sky, you'll get a lot of black and maybe a, a, an occasional glimpse of a, of a white dot somewhere in the distance. So uh, basically so- speaking here, the UFO would have to be really close. It would have to possibly be daylight to capture a really good image on your iPhone. Absolutely. And when we do get those videos, uh, inevitably there is some question of, of, their, uh, of the fact that they're hoaxes. I mean, if we get you know, giant structured flying saucer objects moving within a, you know, uh, you know, a few hundred feet of a witness zipping around and things like that, the chances are pretty great that somebody's used some, uh, some uh, you know, video toaster to, to come up with the image. And that's unfortunate, but they're easy to, uh, to identify. And I think the reality is that most serious ufologists and serious UFO researchers don't take anything at face value. Um, but, you know, I, it's very, thank you very you much. Should for hope the video. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
there are some there's a number that do take it at, at face value and, and start reposting it around and, and you know that gets into some dicey things but for the most part when somebody you know gives us a, a video we, we say thank you very much can you provide us with more information can you take us back to the spot where this was can we look at your camera i mean there's a whole series of of um, uh, processes that are involved before we can say yes this absolutely was a a genuine ufo it happens very very infrequently i mean some people are out there to hoax and and others just want to uh, get us to help them understand what they've seen you know the the most of the, the people who report ufos are simply looking for some uh, validation that they're not crazy you know i really did see this you know can you help me understand what it was uh, that uh, I've experienced. Oftentimes, all you have to do is listen to the uh, audio, and uh, you detect bad acting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh wow! Well, look at that, man. <laughs> what do you yeah. think of these? Some of these websites that have sprung up with with many tens of thousands of subscribers that have you know maybe one or two decent uh, you know interesting clips that are surrounded by dozens and dozens and dozens of obvious hoaxes, and yet. All these, all these uh, clips are given the same amount of gravitas. What, what do you think about that and, and how this may be, you know, mythologizing further this whole subject? Oh, yeah, there's no question that this is uh, really putting in people's minds that there's a lot more out there uh, than there really is. In terms of the videos, uh, I mean, if you get a video and you check with the, uh, the poster and you see that the person has, you know, three or four hundred additional UFO videos, then you have to suspect that there might be a motive behind the person who's posting it. And the fact that there's a lot of sites that simply post all sorts of nonsense uh, and have so many subscribers attest to the fact that there is a real growing desire among people uh, everywhere for some real information, that uh, they're looking for some answers, they're seeking the truth. They really don't have the resources available uh, to uh, critically analyze what is really going on and the stuff that is you know, a little bit dicey. It's, and the trouble is, there's, there's no one who speaks with authority about UFOs anymore. Uh, and uh, that's a consequence of uh, the nature of who we are. And I mean, back a number of years ago, when we had Professor uh, Joseph Allen Hynek, he was considered the authority on UFOs. He's the guy who was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He found, founded the Center for UFO Studies. He appeared on so many TV shows and radio shows and, and whatnot. He was sort of, you know, the spokesperson for all of ufology. Now, ufology is, is fractured to the point where, you know, there's somebody who's an who's a abduction researcher, someone who's a crop circle researcher, someone who studies orbs, someone who studies uh, spiritualistic stuff. Uh, and even within those categories, there's a lot of people of different uh, quality and, and uh, approaches because there's no real place to gain authoritative knowledge about UFOs. I mean, you can't go to... Uh, you know, Duke University and get a, uh, a degree in ufology. You know, Lord knows Duke could use the help, but that's, uh, that's something that we don't have. So if anybody can claim that they have credentials or expertise in, in, uh, in UFOs, and uh, who are you to say that, uh, that they aren't? There's no degree, there's no credentials. You don't even need a license in your jurisdiction to be a UFO investigator. And in the segment before this, Chris and I were talking about the fact that some of these nationally or internationally televised TV reality shows about UFOs, they take sometimes real events and they exaggerate them or they just make things up. 
And we're talking about a specific show now called Hangar One. Have you seen it? Uh, we don't get it up here in Canada, but I've heard all about it, and I've seen some clips on YouTube. So I, I do know what you're talking about. Uh, there's an interesting spoof of it already that's on YouTube, which is, which is quite amusing, too. Uh, it, it is true, they tend to present a lot of things that, uh, as if they're fact. But, you know, you really have, have to question, where are they getting this information? I mean, MUFON's a, a great organization. You know, I've, I've spoken uh, at their national conferences, and I have a lot of friends who are, you know, in the ranks of MUFON. But the reality is, there's you know, people who belong to MUFON uh, who are, you know, no more informed about UFOs as the average person you live with next door. And then there's people who have a number of degrees and have studied the phenomenon for many, many years. And both of them uh, are often trotted out as experts in one thing or another. And, you know, it's not just uh, Hangar One. There's uh, um, a program called Close Encounters, which I was involved with just uh, a few months ago, which uh, which aired in the States. And uh, there's a, a whole series of, of UFO shows, you know, hunting for them and so forth. Uh, and I think the but the point is that some of these shows do a justice in raising awareness of the subject. They do get people thinking. They do, you know, uh, bring up some interesting points. And I, I think if people watch those shows with the idea of generating more interest, I want to find out more. Maybe there's a website that I can go to uh, to learn more about the, the cases. If you look at it, the shows that way, that's fine. But if all you're going by is what has been presented on television, you know, I, I, uh, that's the problem. People are just simply accepting too easily and quickly. Well, I, I also think that the increase in media coverage has the almost a, an effect of, of, of having people be really excited about the subject. And then you tend to see a blossoming of, of, of reports that show up that are from real, you know, untrained observers who are, are misconstruing, you know, mundane, uh, Airport land, uh, airplane landing lights, for instance, or lit up cabins and private planes at night. And it does have a habit, I think, the media coverage that is, has a, um, an effect of creating a lot of misidentified reports and, and increasing that. And then that has the effect of making it appear that there's really more going on than possibly uh, there is uh, in terms of, of, true, of true foes, uh, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Like, Another question that we more. have here is, is, is interesting, and it has to do about Native Americans in Canada. The, the question comes from Team Sheep Squatch uh, from f- our thread at forum.theparacast.com, and he wants to know uh, how many sightings are being reported by your ever-growing uh, Native population up there. And I, he says, I think a few years ago that number hit over a million for the first time. And he's asking this because... He thinks the actual number of sightings could be greater than thought uh, over areas where uh, natives uh, congregate and live. And he says Native Americans are often reluctant to talk to outsiders and they live in some of the most remote areas there. Have have you seen any sort of correlation over um, some of the more remote areas where where Native peoples live? Um, Well, I'd have to say uh, not especially, but. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that. Number one being the population. Again, it's the, a lot of the uh, uh, First Nations reserves are in isolated areas in the far north. Let's leave it here, and we're going to do the break, and then we'll get back to the rest of this answer. Okay. okay? All right. We have Chris Rutkowski focusing on the UFO wave in Canada, 
and a lot more with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Call me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. 877-996-4327, extension 128. That's 877-996-4327, extension 128. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective, alternative, and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. All right, so let's look at this here now. You were starting to point out that these people live in areas that are not well-traveled. Maybe they don't even have internet access, do they? Actually, in, in some areas they do not, but uh, it, they are pretty isolated. Um, and yet, we do get reports from there. In fact, we were just speaking uh, earlier about t- television shows. Uh, there was a, a TV show about UFOs specifically uh, seen and experienced by First Nations people in the far north. It uh, was produced uh, by First Nations uh, and uh, Indigenous people, a uh, television uh, show here in Canada, and focused on an area around James Bay, which uh, is sort of the southern tip of Hudson Bay, the, the main bay in the, in the far north. And uh, what happened is that, is that the province that is most part of that um, started running uh, transmission lines they created what's called the James Bay Power Plant, uh, and there's uh, very, very large hydroelectric dams and power systems in the far north around uh, the, the shore of the bay, which is part of the Arctic Ocean. And uh, when they did that, they had to, you know, sort of open up the area, and it had a lot more access. They put in roads and so forth. 
Uh, as they did, they started having better relationships with some of the indigenous people in the far north who started telling them all sorts of interesting stories about experiences they've had with regard to UFOs and encountering aliens and so forth. And uh, the show, uh, you know, they, they used me as a consultant and I worked with them on it. And it's easily one of the best TV shows ever on UFOs. And who knows whether uh, the rest of North America will get a, get a chance to ever see it. Uh, it was called Indians and Aliens. And it really dealt uh, in a very uh, spiritual way about UFOs and the experiences of some of the people, including elders, who uh, had seen some remarkable things. Uh, and the, the impression that I got from speaking with uh, some of the producers and some of the people involved were that there are a lot more stories that, you know, just like uh, the poster had said, that are simply not being reported for one reason or another. Part of it is a language barrier. Part of it is the isolation. Uh, in fact, I mean, we're talking isolated where it takes, you know, uh, 10 or 12 hours just to, to get up there on a road with no other towns or stops along the way and, and things like that on a gravel road. Uh, so we're talking very, very isolated. Even flying up there is not great because the weather is so lousy. You know, I, I think there probably are a lot more cases in general uh, that are, are unreported. In fact, uh, you know, Heineck and uh, Friedman both did some general testing of audiences, you know, how many people have seen UFOs and of you, how many reported them. And it was found that, you know, 10% of the population believe they've seen UFOs. And of those, a small percentage, likely under 10% ever report them. And that's in the general population. So when you extend things into the far north, uh, in isolated areas, I suspect the, the numbers drop off. And yet, we do get some interesting cases reported from the far north from time to time. And those are uh, really fascinating. Um, you know, some of your uh, listeners might be familiar with a, a case in the Yukon back a number of years ago uh, that was reported, which was seen by quite a lot of people. That's actually uh, not as isolated as the communities we're talking about now. But uh, there was an interesting case in Fort Resolution in the Northwest Territories uh, back, I'm thinking now in the 90s, where... UFOs were seen by a lot of people living in small communities, whether they were doing some trapping and, and uh, happened to report it when they came back into town and so forth. And it was investigated by the Northern Rangers, uh, which I, I don't think if there's an American uh, version of, of Rangers anymore. I mean, just imagine what, what our, we think about in terms of Rangers. These are not police and not RCMP and not military. They're, they're um, uh, patrol uh, troops that uh, patrol the high Canadian Arctic, and it was investigated by them. Uh, and uh, there's some very, very detailed documents which are now available through the Canadian government of the investigations of the the UFOs up there. And uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a whole new world uh, in many cases. What do you um, are you seeing other waves of uh, anomalous reports that spring up in areas where there seems to be a little mini flap going on? When I was investigating down the San Luis Valley, oftentimes we'd have strange weather uh, concurrent with, with uh, UFO reports. Uh, crypto creature sightings, for instance, seem to be somehow on some level associated. I don't know uh, if there was a direct connection, but are you seeing attendant phenomenon, uh, phenomena rather that uh, spring up these types of reports that spring up around uh, mini waves? Um. Yeah, I'd have to say there there tends to be a, a correlation. When I started uh, uh, doing my investigations back in the 70s, and yes, I am dating myself, um, I was actually into all types of Fortean phenomena. So not just the UFOs, but uh, Sasquatch, lake monsters, uh, 
paranormal phenomena and so forth. So it's uh, a whole variety of things. And simply because nobody uh, in my area had really been studying them in any great detail. So I would be typical that in a weekend I would investigate a UFO report, uh, a Sasquatch report, and a Lake Monster report. Um, and there was one interesting incident somewhere around, I'm thinking 1976, 77, something like that, uh, in uh, southern Manitoba, where uh, a family had reported seeing a, a very large uh, UFO. Uh, there, I think there are maybe three witnesses to a large UFO they described as a flying Ferris wheel. If you can just imagine, you know, a very large uh, uh, wheel in the sky with lights and, uh, and uh, you know, moving around. Um, and they saw it move in, in a certain direction and they thought it landed or, or settled down um, not too far away. When I did some on-site investigations, I had spoken with them and then I went to uh, talk to some of the neighboring uh, farm uh, people. And I found uh, that one of them had seen a Sasquatch. The uh, within about two or three hours of these people seeing this giant UFO, um, and this was just within about a mile or two uh, of the same area. And then when I was speaking with a uh, you know another farm person, uh, uh, I had sort of interrupted them as they were doing something in their field, and I had said, "Well, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'll get let you get back because I'd asked you know have you seen a UFO? Have you seen a Sasquatch? Have you seen anything unusual?" They said, "No, no, nothing out of the ordinary whatsoever." And I said, I'll let you get back to it. And he said, fine. And he picked up his dowsing rods and he started looking for, uh, for wells on his property. And I said, well, wait a minute. That, that's, you know, that's a little odd, too. And he says, oh, if you're interested in that stuff, oh, sure. You know, we see the spook lights zipping around all the time. And, you know, there's a, you know, something that happens over the old church. And, you know, there's a whole series of interconnected phenomena just within a, maybe a 10 square mile uh, section at that time. So, yeah, there have been some interesting um, conjunctions of the, the various 14 phenomena. And I think there is a relationship, although I'm not sure what. I mean, we still get uh, some reports of Sasquatch uh, every year in uh, in Manitoba. I think of, I think there probably were 10 or 12 reports just last year. Uh, so whether that's truly connected, I mean, there, these were in areas far north where, uh, where the UFOs aren't reported, but the, the phenomena themselves are very diverse. What about statistical analysis? Uh, we, we only have a couple of minutes before the break, but um, uh, with all this wonderful data that you've compiled, have you taken the, the true unknown cases and come up with like a day of the week, uh, a time of, time of the day uh, that seems to be a spike in the data? Well, as a matter of fact, the, uh, uh, my colleague Jeff Dittman, who's been my uh, stats guy uh, all these years, has been doing uh, some really good work, and we have been doing some statistical analysis with regard to shapes and times and and uh, color and whatnot. I mean, the uh, the time of day has been fairly consistent, and the the difference between the unknowns and the knowns uh, don't vary uh, a great deal, uh, but there are some slight fluctuations. We do know that uh, the uh, the highest number of uh, UFO reports comes generally in summer months although for some reason there are some anomalies like some years we'll get uh, a peak in uh, june and july and the next year it'll be july august and sometimes august september and then we'll find peaks in october or march that are just as high as some of the summer months or just uh, a little bit below so there are some very bizarre trends we're uh, going to be doing our 25 year analysis uh sometime in the next several months um, because that's a lot of cases. We're talking of the order of about 15,000 UFO reports. Wow. 
Oh, boy, that would be very fascinating to see what kind of patterns you can unearth there. We have Chris Rutkowski joining Gene and Chris, because that means you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. With new and ever-increasing health threats on the rise, there has never been a more crucial time to support your immune system. Supernatural Silver is a revolutionary new silver solution that is clinically shown to be several hundred times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver and is powerful enough to help protect you and your family from deadly viruses, bacterias, and fungus. Supernatural Silver is scientifically supported, highly effective, and perfect for everyday use inside the body as well as out. The science 
Health's Digest Journal says silver is our mightiest germ fighter. It is virtually non-toxic and is emerging as a wonder of modern science. Supernatural silver is the number one choice of thousands for improved health and immune system support. Find out how supernatural silver can change your life. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. And use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off. Give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Chris Rutkowski joining us. We're talking about Canada's UFO wave, but also do we have many cases where it's seen on both sides? of the border in Canada and then people in the U.S. see the same thing? Well, that's an interesting question. I do know that we'll get reports from, uh, let's say, the American side of of Lake Ontario um, reporting things that are are seen over the lake in the the Canadian side and vice versa. Somebody will report things um, uh, in the the southern part of Ontario, seeing things that are over the, the American... I don't recall many cases uh, at all where there are simultaneous observations from uh, from both sides of the border. There probably are a few, but I can't think of any offhand. Mm. The other thing, that almost is strange, because certainly to a UFO, assuming it is something alien, it's intelligently controlled, would the borders of a country make any difference? Uh, That's a very good point. Uh, I think the the uh, the limiting factor is that someone, let's say in Saskatchewan, who sees a UFO. First of all, there's no one investigating in Saskatchewan. They'll report the sighting to uh, Peter Davenport or to uh, Mufon. Um, and uh, you know, across the border in Montana, uh, whoever is in charge of Montana Mufon may get the report, but there's not a lot of dialogue going back and forth. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a concerted effort to compare Canadian cases with, you know, with regard to time of day and, and, and uh, you know, months and that type of thing with what's been going on across the border. It would be an interesting exercise. We do include MUFON reports routinely in our Canadian UFO survey, the ones that are, you know, that are reported to MUFON that occur in Canada. Um, but, uh, you know, checking back and going into the databases, both ours and, and in MUFON, for things that occur along the borders, uh, on the same day, uh, I guess the one exception is reports of uh, fireballs and rocket reentries. We do have a number of cases where observers on both sides of the border do report those, and uh, so th- that type of thing can be found in the data. But of course, those are the ones that we can explain. Have you taken the opportunity to look at U.S. cases compared to the cases in Canada? to see if they're all reporting the same kinds of objects. And the reason I mention that is because in South America, for example, the UFO reports tend to be more lurid. Mm-hmm. Well, I, w- I have to say no, mostly because there's no one doing a comparable statistical analysis to what we're doing in the United States. Now, the caveat is that MUFON is starting to do a little bit of that. And uh, over the past number of years, they have been doing it, but uh, certainly not when we started in uh, in uh, the late 80s and into the 90s. Was there a comparative uh, analysis of UFO data in the United States? I mean, 
Um, Peter's doing a wonderful job uh, doing uh, his collection, but there's no analysis that's being done. And back until, you know, very recently, a MUFON uh, case data wasn't analyzed in that way either. So there hasn't been a, a real one-to-one uh, analysis between the, the two countries in that sense. I suspect that there'll be a lot of similarities simply from what we understand. I mean, we do read the cases. I do keep abreast of what's happening in the States. Uh, uh, and we do read through a, a lot of the MUFON stuff. A lot of our sources come through, you know, Stalker and, and places like that, Sightings.com uh, and, and so forth. So we do get a lot of reports that are coming through that way. So we see some similarities. Um, I don't know whether we can make a, you know, some any good uh, analytical comparisons at this point because uh, the data is simply not there. Isn't that unfortunate? We've been at this game, a lot of people, since the late 1940s. And there are scattered pockets of UFO information, like APROS files are sitting in a bunch of locked file cabinets that aren't being checked or digitized. Do you think it's kind of a crying shame that we have all this case history out there and putting it all together doesn't seem to be being done? I have to agree. Um, it's, uh, it's really unfortunate. Even putting together our Canadian UFO survey had had some rough parts because uh, I certainly you know, don't investigate cases everywhere in Canada. I mean, it's a big country. In fact, in Canada there are only a small handful of people doing serious UFO research and investigation. And when you're talking about one investigator in a province twice the size of Texas, uh, that can result in some, you know, some issues. So we do gather the cases. I mean, if there is an investigator and researcher in British Columbia, uh, we hope that he or she will help us uh, in uh, you know, passing along the case reports. And uh, there's a group called UFOBC that's actually doing that and cooperating very well with us. Uh, some provinces have UFO organizations, some do not. Um, and it's a matter of generating and trying to find the information for putting in the Canadian UFO survey. It has, was actually true, unfortunately, that some uh, UFO investigators um, refused to participate in the Canadian UFO survey. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give you my data, it's my data, and, and you know, so forth. Um, and, you know, that's, that's their prerogative, but, uh, you know, it's not contributing to the ultimate research goal of trying to understand what's going on. The other thing is that I should, should note is that in terms of difference between uh, our Canadian UFO survey and what could be done in the United States, is that we do get Canadian uh, uh, UFO documents from official sources, such as the police from uh, the military uh, that come through uh, traffic control sources and that type of thing. We do get those cases. Uh, we've had a, a good relationship. Uh, in fact, this whole thing about disclosure has been sort of a moot point in Canada because uh, all the UFO cases that were reported officially uh, through channels uh, um, are actually available in some cases online, but are certainly available in the National Archives of Canada. Uh, and uh, even to this day, we continue to get UFO reports uh, from military uh uh, bases and so forth. So we don't get that in the United States. In fact, ever since Blue Book closed, that's kind of a black hole. We don't know what the types of cases are occurring, uh, what characteristics there are, how many, and so forth, and what the distribution is like. All we have to go on are the civilian reports. And uh, to, it's difficult to uh, compare that when we here in Canada have the civilian reports plus official reports. But is there an official position by the authorities? about whether ufos are real or not 
Oh, absolutely. At uh, the same position as the Americans, that that uh, UFOs uh, um, don't pose any threat, and there's no uh, there's no scientific merit to studying them whatsoever. Having said that, um, there is a document uh, which uh, is part of uh, training for pilots, both military and civilian, which clearly says to pilots it is their responsibility to report unidentified flying objects and they actually spell it out unidentified flying objects over canadian airspace and reporting them to authorities so pilots have an obligation in canada to report ufos of course there are similar regulations in the u.s but you Mm -hmm. wonder how many pilots would dare report a ufo because if it gets out it could really hurt their reputation i mean we Mm -hmm. don't like airlines much to begin with these days it's like flying is being stuffed into a sardine can everything's an option your luggage is an option breathing is an option i think they haven't asked me about that (laughs) the pathetic meals are more pathetic you can see the picture we have chris rutkowski joining us with gene and chris in the paracast largest independently owned and operated talk radio network the genesis communications network gcn graphic converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us it does not use any database you get full control of all your files want to view the images of a folder drag it into graphic converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files you could use it for slideshows you could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners need to do some image editing you can do that too in graphic converter also print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Curious about what comes next? Next is the feeling of vulnerability you get after you arrive home to discover your house has been ransacked by burglars. Fool the bad guys with a new improved fake TV. 
You asked for it. We listened. And we made our new fake TV three times brighter than our previous model. The brightness of our new fake TV is equivalent to a 40-inch TV. It simulates the color and motion of a real TV while you're away from home. And when burglars think someone is home watching television, they're likely to pass your house and move on to an easier target. The new, brighter Fake TV is only $39.95 and includes free shipping. Go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. That's 877-532-5388 or go to faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Exploring UFO cases in Canada, where there was a big UFO wave, second largest in the years that he studied the cases, Chris Rutkowski. Let me ask you quickly here, with regard to taking UFOs seriously. Now, when I first wrote you to come on the show, I caught an article at CBC News in Manitoba UFO sightings soar to new heights in Canada, and it seemed to be a perfectly serious article about the subject. Really straightforward. How is coverage handled in your country? How refreshing. Indeed. Um, I have to say it's uh, it's fairly straight. Um, you know, there's still some of the ridicule curtain going on. Uh, it, it, uh, there are you know, the standard newscasters with the banter at uh, at the desk sort of joking about uh, little green guys and so forth. That'll happen. But for the most part, uh, it's pretty straight. And one of the reasons for that is that I'm trying to liaise between the uh, lay public and the scientific community. I mean, that's why we put our data online. Uh, People can look at the data. They can look at the cases. They look at our, our analysis. And I'm not making any extraordinary claims. In fact, I uh, spoke recently uh, at a university here in Canada uh, to a pretty tough crowd, a pretty cynical crowd. And they were impressed with the fact that I wasn't talking in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the aliens are are here and, and living among us. And, you know, they're, they're from Alpha Centauri or from here and for that. I'm sticking really closely to the facts. I'm I'm uh, really doing uh, you know just the the, the straight stuff in in the sense that uh, I want to know what people are are really reporting, and I'm reporting that people are reporting. <laughs> uh, I'm reporting that people are reporting. Nice UFOs. turn of phrase. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're reporting UFOs, unidentified flying objects, and I make a point of saying that that just means 
things in the sky you can't explain doesn't necessarily mean spacecraft. And the numbers are there, um, the statistics are there, and the witnesses come from all walks of life, air traffic controllers, pilots, uh, uh, butchers, bakers, candlestick makers, the whole thing. And I'm really just just reporting. I'm the Jack Webb of, of ufology, maybe. Just uh, the facts, man. Just the facts. And if you want to interpret beyond that, that's fine. But you, you, you know, we stick your neck out and, and it's going to get chopped off pretty quick. That's interesting that you bring out the Jack Webb reference. I wonder how many people even remember who he was. <laughs> now we're dating ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got an interesting question for you. I'm I'm, I'm going to be interested in your answer. Uh, the recent citizens hearing on UFO disclosure that took place at the uh, National Press Club in Washington D.C. I happened to be a camera person on that uh, that five day event, and the whole thing was ended with uh, ex uh, Canadian Minister of Defense Paul Hellyer, who read a section from Jim Sparks, one of Jim Sparks' books which I, I think I personally feel is uh, quite questionable, but he read a dialogue between uh, the ETs and Jim Sparks about, you know, we're messing up the environment and, you know, all your standard knee jerk um, statements uh, allegedly uh, made by ETs to contact these and abductees. How is his uh, very upfront demeanor and uh, some of his kind of over-the-top statements about the reality of the UFO phenomenon. How is that being perceived up in Canada? Well, I have to say that it's probably being perceived the same way as it is in the States. And when it's covered on the news, there's a, a lot of chortling going on. A lot of put, people put credence in Hellier's uh, statements because he was a minister of defense. And, uh, it was during, it was a very short time, and it was only uh, for a matter of 18 months or so, or, or, or maybe just a little bit longer than that, in the 1960s. So his tenure as defense minister was a long time ago, first of all. And, but I took it upon myself to go through the government documents. I did mention that, you know, government documents about UFOs are readily available now in Canada. Uh, so I went and looked at the documents about UFOs that were uh, available from the 19, or during the time that he was minister of defense. Curiously, he says that he never was interested in UFOs during his time in office and didn't see anything interesting crossing his desk. That, to me, is a little strange because I have, uh, that we've found many documents that uh, his name is on um, that uh, obviously had passed through his office and his desk regarding some really remarkable UFO cases, including Shag Harbor, which is a, a major case that... Uh, uh, some of you might uh, be aware of where something crashed into the ocean uh, uh, off Nova Scotia. Uh, happened also during the time when uh, Stephen Mikulak happened uh, happened upon a, a UFO that burned him, and was he was taken to the Mayo Clinic for uh, for testing. And the RCMP and the Canadian Air Force and a number of other official agencies were heavily heavily involved to the point where there's hundreds upon hundreds of documents. It was in the media. It was in all the papers. And there's dozens and dozens of other cases that were really remarkable going on at the same time. And he doesn't remember anything that was significant crossing his desk. Well, uh, maybe he put his blinders on. It's very possible. It's very possible. Well, that, that doesn't sound likely. I mean, those, those cases are some of the, the most sensational cases in, you, in the history of ufology. And they did happen uh, in Canada. And he, I'm sure, would be aware of them. There's, there's no way he could not be. So 
what do you what do you make of his uh, denial of being interested back then? Well, it's he's made some very you know interesting statements that you mentioned uh, reading from Sparks book. You mentioned uh, you know other things where he said that the tall white aliens uh, uh, go into uh, Las Vegas occasionally on weekends and disguise themselves as nuns. I mean, he's actually said these things at, at public forums. Uh, and what would bring someone with his reputation and background to uh, to make those statements? And uh, you know, considering he has the credibility, and uh, I mean, he had credibility back in the '60s when he was a politician. In Canadian politics, he actually deviated into some pretty strange fringe politics uh, uh, after that point, uh, being actually involved in a lot of fringe uh, parties. Uh, it's. Uh, uh, and I think he probably lost a little bit of his uh, credibility among the Canadian public through that. But in terms of the UFO connection, why he would be saying that, um, and, I, and I'm saying this um, satirically and cynically, but uh, just imagine if you, you know, had a, had a military uh, person and a politician uh, go on record to state that the aliens really were here uh, and that we know all about them, and uh, they're you know they they look like this and they do this. Um, why do we put credence in someone like that? But when Obama opens his mouth or Al Gore or Clinton, we think that he's lying. And yet here's a here's a politician that we believe every word that's coming out of his mouth. To me, it doesn't make any sense. And just imagine. Isn't it a wonderful way to spread disinformation to have someone yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, uh, make all these wild uh, statements and, uh, and people are believing it? So he's saying things I think a lot of people want to hear. And actually, I was engaged in a discussion with somebody on Facebook uh, not that long ago who uh, has had a number of contact experiences and he believes Hellier completely. And that's fine. Uh, it just remember that, you know, Hellier himself says that he he didn't have personal experience he's been told that the aliens are really here by somebody else who he's not naming and you know it's i don't see the evidence i don't see the uh the you know the you know uh, good proof backing up uh, his statements at all uh so i'm i'm really wondering why he's doing this i've actually been on a program together with him uh he's a very nice man i i like him i just really doubt what he's saying uh, has any veracity in terms of, uh, of the reality with regard to UFOs. Yeah, he, he, he seems very, uh, shall we say, misinformed and, and not very up to speed on, on much of the subject. I, I think he, he latches on to some of the more sensational aspects and I think does scientific ufology a disservice by, by um, being such a, a person with that kind of you know, implied stature and then you know, coming up with, with let's be honest some some rather outlandish statements uh that are taken seriously by the true believer crowd but i think it really pushes away potential scientific and academic involvement even more than it's already being pushed away myself okay with gene and chris we'll have more with chris rutowski getting two chris's on the show always gets confusing yes but we do know you're in a paracast We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N.
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First game attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there is the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind attack of the rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-3663. FreezeDryGuy.com A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we have Chris and Chris, Chris O'Brien and Chris Rutkowski, and they will fight amongst each other for who gets top billing. <laughs> okay. The and- other thing I was going to mention about Paul Hellyer. And this is actually something that's glossed over, too, in his background. He was actually present when the world's first UFO landing pad was formally opened in Canada in 1967. Uh, what was happening was that uh, there was a, it was a Canada Centennial, um, founded in 1867. And for 1967, they had contests across Canada and some government funding to create some interesting community ideas and do something, the community of St. Paul, Alberta, decided they would make a UFO landing pad. It was uh, it, it's a raised platform, and it has all you know flags of all the nations. And uh, uh, the idea was that UFOs would land there, and uh, you know rather than the White House or whatever, I don't know. Uh, and, and they really embraced it. In fact, uh, St. Paul, Alberta, had uh, you know similar festivals uh comparable to uh uh roswell you know the roswell ufo festival well st paul alberta had a number of these as well in fact uh, the center for ufo studies has donated its uh a lot of its collection and its traveling ufo display that john timmerman used to have uh to a museum and now there's a, a ufo museum underneath the ufo landing pad in st paul alberta and it's quite a tourist attraction you can go to the uh the radio shack and it you know has parts advertised for your flying saucer you know it has you know a lot of the restaurants have flying saucer pizzas and themes and things like that it's a lot of fun uh, but paul hellier was the minister in charge uh, of the air force at that time and he actually spoke at the opening of the the UFO landing pad in St. Paul, Alberta in 1967. Um, so there is a connection there, too, that goes back quite a long way. So he spoke there, but he never saw the cases that came on his desk. No, no. All right. I'm just making notes here. I'm just writing this sure, down sure. so yeah. that we understand what excuses he's making for all this. Okay. Is there a feeling, though, that maybe because the guy's getting on in years, he's being a little bit more eccentric than he might have otherwise been? That's just a theory. Well, I, you know, it's it's a possibility, although I have to say when I met him, he was one of the most uh, lucid uh, 80-some-year-olds that I've ever met. So uh, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that that's not the case. But, uh, I mean, the possibility that, uh, you know, he's, uh, as you say, misinformed and spreading a little disinformation. Those are possibilities, too, that I think people should take uh, seriously. You know, one subject that always interests me here is disclosure in the sense that, of course, we have activists who are pushing forward. But I wonder here whether some things that are being done paint the way to a gradual disclosure. And I think, for example, the discoveries, more and more of these discoveries of so-called Goldilocks or Type M planets around other star systems, 
that may harbor at least the potential for life. I think the other day they were talking about something that's 1.1 times as large as Earth. Now, that's getting closer. Yeah, I mean, my background's in astronomy, and I share uh, the views of most astronomers that there's probably life out there somewhere, and it's the, the old problem of getting here from there and vice versa. Uh, I predict that, you know, this, this most recent case of the uh, planet that was very similar in size to Earth, I predict that within a year, uh, we'll have information and news about a planet that is exactly like Earth. In other words, uh, you know, not only similar in size, but probably has an atmosphere, probably orbiting a star at the same distance as ours, uh, same color star, and so forth. Uh, I think we're very close to that. I, I'm not a big fan of disclosure uh, in general. I mean, it, it's interesting now that it's shifted away from, uh, you know, Obama or somebody going on national television and saying that we have the, the alien ship in our possession or the aliens have been contacted us to a more gradual thing. To me, that's no different than saying, you know, we're just going to continue on and doing our own studies and investigation and science will march on. Uh, and especially since in terms of documents and official uh, viewpoints, uh, I've mentioned that in Canada, we have all the documents. Uh, well, OK, I'll caveat that. I'm sure that there are some that we don't have, but we've been having a steady stream of uh, documents that have been available all along without any interruption regarding UFOs reported to official agencies. So, uh, and there's a number of other countries that have, you know, released vast quantities of documents like like England, for example, and, uh, you know, that Nick Pope has been uh, uh, talking about. So I think there's a lot of documents that are out there showing that, uh, you know, the disclosure just isn't going to happen in the way that people believed at one time it was going to happen. Uh, whether we're going to be getting, you know, some additional trickles of information, you know, people have talked about, well, from Hangar 1, you know, Velcro and uh, transistors, you know, were caused or were developed uh, through uh, communication with aliens. I don't think that's scientifically true, but, you know, there, there's this impression that uh, there will be some grand announcement. And I, I just don't don't see that from what I've seen in all my investigations and my studies of uh, of the way that UFOs are uh, are being reported and communicated and the relationship between governments and the UFO phenomenon. I, I just don't buy into the whole disclosure thing. Yeah. You and me both. I've been saying that for years myself. I mean, how can the control structure of a, of a society admit that it's not in control and, and come forward and, you know, shoot themselves in the foot uh, by saying, yeah, we've been lying for 60 years or however long, you know, I think we're both in, uh, of the like mind in that regard. You know, not to not to denigrate Stephen Bassett's uh, efforts, uh, uh, Stephen Greer. There's a number of people that have been figureheads in this particular movement. But one of the things that's always interested me, obviously, about Canadian cases is, of course, Shag Harbor, which uh, is a combination of a UFO and a USO, uh, an unidentified submerged object. I seem to remember uh, a few years back that there were a number of cases reported uh i think south of toronto it was it lake erie or lake ontario where objects were seen going in and out i think it was what about 2009 2010 do, do you call that yeah. kind of mini flap could you give out, us out a little of, bit of, more of a update on those uh, particular reports coming in and out of the lakes you mean coming in and out of the lake like out of the water yeah 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 we still do get reports like that in fact there is a group called orb watch um which um uh, they don't do it as often. Uh, they would set up a base. I'm trying to think. I think they set up base on the south shore of Lake Ontario and uh, would do their recording of video and, and photo 
uh, of uh, the UFOs that uh, they were seeing. So there is still some concerted um, projects that are underway in that regard. And uh, so the water connection is there is very, uh, very strong. Um, and uh, you know Canada has has lots and lots of water, so the number of cases that uh, that occur with things going in and out of the the water is, uh, is is pretty significant. Could you put approximate percentage on cases? Uh, are we are we talking about a, a large number of cases uh, in relation to the total number? Or? No, actually, I don't think uh, it would be a large percentage. I'm thinking probably you know five or ten percent have some water connection one way or another. Which is still, you know, a significant number, but you know whether they're occurring over lakes and and rivers and and over the ocean. That's, uh, you know, is, is the simple proximity enough to you know to say that there's connection? I'm not sure about that. Well, obviously, uh, when you were last on, we did talk uh, at length. I mistook you for Chris Styles too, and I apologize uh, <laughs> for that. But uh, that that is has always been, I think, one of the best cases uh, on record. Give us a, a just a recap, real quick, before we go to break, of your feelings on the Shag Harbor event and its place in ufological history. Um, yeah, well, you know, back in 1967 in the fall, um, uh, there had been a number of reports of uh, lights in the sky moving around, and uh, they had actually been reported to uh, the police at one point, and they uh, they uh, the, the lights were seen moving from the uh, land towards the ocean, and at one point. A number of people had seen uh, uh, one of the lights descend toward the ocean and go into the ocean. They actually saw it go in, not that far away from shore. Uh, the people reported it to uh, the Mounties, to the police. Uh, the police rounded up some fishing boats. They woke people up. This was very early in the morning, uh, thinking that you know the, something had fallen, an aircraft had fallen or something. They uh, commandeered the boats. They went out and they found a sort of a greenish foam floating on top of the uh, of the water. And uh, it was a partially luminescent. Uh, later, there had been some underwater uh, retrieval plans. Uh, nothing was officially found, although there are stories that uh, the United States Navy, which did have a base not too far away from there, um, had sent in some divers and was taking things out down the coast a bit and loading it onto a flatbed and carting it away. Um, there is official documentation that something crashed. A lot of people had seen it. Uh, there's a government documents attesting that. Uh, something was definitely seen, but nothing officially was ever found. So it's Canada's version of Roswell. It's a very interesting story. Um, and the difference between it and Roswell is that we do have verification that something was actually uh, seen and fell into the water. And uh, the, the documentation is there. We have Chris Rutkowski here with Chris O'Brien and Gene. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I think here, whenever we have another Chris on the show, (laughs) we should have Mr. O'Brien known by another name. We didn't do that this episode. It would help. Yes. Well, you know, there's my stage name, KK, so you can use that. I think we used that last time. You did. That's right. That was my my real name, Kim Keegan Barnes. Okay. We have KK Barnes and Gene Steinberg with Chris Rutkowski. I don't know. You know, I always have this theory, Chris, that if the president of the United States tomorrow got on TV and said, ladies and gentlemen, we are observing unusual objects in the sky that appear to be intelligently controlled. They don't appear to represent any threat to national security. Whatever he says, most people won't believe him, and Fox News would get on the air and say he's trying to cover up Benghazi. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I think there's no question that you know, we'd like to have a scenario where an official would go on national television and announce that the aliens are really here or, or whatever. Um, but the fact that many people simply can't trust their their elected officials makes that possibility in that scenario not only unlikely, but even if it was to happen, it would be completely unbelievable. It would be incredible and unbelievable. Uh, but here's another area where Canada is... Uh, a little different than the United States. Uh, there was a UFO report in 2004 from, oh, is it 2004, 2008? Anyways, it was, it was um, in the mid-2000s, where uh, a number of pilots, so first of all, these are pilots who were reporting, uh, seeing things. Uh, they had seen a number of UFOs moving in the sky, uh, like streaking fireballs and so forth. Um, and uh, we're talking uh, commercial airlines plus private airlines. Uh, they reported the uh, their uh, sightings 
through official channels, through national defense uh, and air traffic control operators. There's a lot of chatter going on. We have these documents. We, we know that a, you know, something really happened. We know that these pilots really saw something. There's corroboration from the various pilots about what they had seen. We know this really happened. One of the pilots was the pilot of the aircraft carrying the Canadian Prime Minister while the Canadian Prime Minister was on board. Can you imagine if the pilot of Air Force One admitted publicly, or there was documents showing that the pilot of Air Force One, had, while the president was on board, had seen a UFO? And that's and that, a quick way to lose your job. <laughs> that's that is amazing. Um, and you know, just imagine the uh, the attention that that would be uh, on CNN or Fox. But uh, and yet here in Canada, we have a document that shows that the prime minister was on a board a plane when the when his pilot had seen a UFO and reported it through official channels and described it as a UFO. Now, here's my my thought. If my commander in chief is on board and I've seen something really unusual, I probably would have mentioned it to an aide or to my assistant or his assistant saying, hey, you know, we should probably tell you tell them about this. It would be very likely that the commander in chief would take a look himself, especially if it was something that was ongoing in this. In this case, it was ongoing for a number of minutes. So it's very possible that, you know, we have a, an elected official of high rank who had seen a UFO too. Now, I haven't been able to get verification of this, but, you know, just imagine the difference that there is between the two countries where we can make statements like that and have documentation like that. And it just simply would not happen in the United States. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. I, I had no idea that that uh, particular scenario uh, had been documented. That's that is, a, a, I think, highly significant. Yeah, that, very uh, someone someone with that kind of, you know, fairly high visibility and, and responsibility to be flying around the uh, the chief of uh, state there uh, reporting a UFO sighting while while working. Uh, I, man, you would never, ever hear anything like that coming, um, out of this country. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. And there's even more instances. Uh, there's a number of documents that have been released from the 1960s now, I think, uh, where the RCMP, the, 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 the police who were guarding the prime minister's residence, uh, reported seeing UFOs flying overhead and reported it to their superiors. And the documentation is there in the government files that UFOs were seen by the security guards working outside the residence that the UFOs are flying overhead. Wow. Can you imagine that happening with the White House? Well, we had something similar with Stevensville, uh, which was uh, fairly close to the Crawford Ranch, where, of course, uh, George W. Bush spent quite a bit of time during his presidency. But, but you had the opposite. You had denials that the object ever entered restricted airspace, although there is some suggested evidence that possibly these objects did violate, uh, you know, that restricted airspace around the Crawford Ranch. Absolutely. Uh, so you have the opposite. You have uh, denials and you have disinformation. You have uh, subterfuge to try to not make that connection. Right. Let's not make a big deal out of it, but uh, we're not going to deny it. <laughs> right. Well, here's, here's a question from one of our posters at forum.theparacast.com. This comes from Sentry, who's rapidly approaching the 500 post club here at uh, the Paracast. Let me just tell you before we go on, Chris, Sentry is an expert on the Cash Landrum case. Ah, okay. Indeed. And he is mentioning that uh, 
only a fraction of sightings actually uh, generate official reports or, or they bother to call in and report it to somebody like yourself or Brian Viker or, or whomever. How can we encourage more good reports to be turned in without also boosting the uninteresting ones, as he puts it, or in, in other words, the misidentified uh, mundane uh, celestial objects, uh, aircraft lights, that sort of thing? Is there a way to properly educate the public more so than is being done now to actually get people to, if they see something truly high strange, to get, get them to report it? That's a really good question. And I think the short answer is no, that we, we, we really can't encourage the more good reports without getting the other reports. However, uh, one of the things that I'm engaged in is um, uh, science communication. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson's Cosmos show is wonderful in, in that sense. Uh, I know he's getting flack for some of the, uh, the portrayals and whatever, but the idea is that uh, I think there's a real need for good science communication and education in our schools. I mean, I'm constantly amazed every year, every year we do the studies uh, of the Canadian UFO survey of the number of cases that come in that are obvious satellites, that are obvious fireballs, you know, debris from um, collisions with comets and, and so forth, the ones that are obvious aircraft and the ones that are obvious Chinese lanterns. And, and the fact that somebody could be, you know, watching a, a satellite move overhead or the International Space Station and believe that it's actually a spacecraft from another planet um, suggests that there is a need for education of the public, you know, to a very, very great degree, you know, a better appreciation of science. Uh, so I'm all for that type of thing. So I think the more opportunities we have for communicating to the public about the richness of the of the universe and the, the scientific advancements and so forth, and maybe actual, uh, in, you know, the TV shows, instead of talking about the fantastic cases, let's, you know, have a sort of a, you know, ufology 101 uh, on the airwaves. You know, this is what a uh, a satellite looks like this is what an aircraft looks like this is what the international space station looks like and notice how it looks pretty strange and let's compare it to ufos that are actually reported i mean that would be a, a lot of fun to do and would you know help uh, alleviate that but the reality is people are, are fascinated they really want to believe you know just like the poster says from from x files uh and though there's this desire for um you know being considered special to be able to see a ufo and have some communication personally with something that's out there so uh, i think there's no real way to eliminate uh the the you know the bad reports from the uh, good reports in every year i think that's why it takes a lot of work and i think unfortunately that's why there's so few of us who are actually doing hard studies on the data because it is a lot of work. I mean, it takes months and months to go through UFO reports, enter the data, and do the analysis. Right. And, and the, obviously, I was thinking, you know, just in passing, and we'll have to do our break shortly, that we ought to have a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds for UFO research and see what happens. Chris <laughs> Rutkowski joins us with K.K. Barnes. K.K. Barnes? And Gene, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, 
head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective alternative and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. 
with Gene and the UFO and paranormal researcher formerly known as Chris O'Brien and Chris Rutkowski. We're continuing with the discussion, starting with that Canadian UFO flap and going far afield. And speaking of going far afield, Chris. Well, yes, this is another question uh, from Century, and it uh, involves a recent uh, question posted by Rich Reynolds at the blog, The UFO Iconoclast, UFOs and the Rabble, uh, was the name of the article. And his uh, rhetorical question, Reynolds, that is, uh, quoted by Century, is, who in the UFO field, UFO world is qualified to determine if ufological nonsense has validity or not? Take the reconstituted Roswell Dream Team, for instance. Does the one lone objective partner, Chris Bukowski, have enough clout, mental and otherwise, to thwart the faith-obsessed mindsets of his team colleagues? That is, can you stem the belief fervor of the Dream Team members when their faith in the ET hypothesis takes hold based on very circumscribed evidence? Long question. (laughs) Tough one. Short answer, no. Uh, I don't think I have enough clout. Uh, it is true that I'm. I'm. Uh, I was asked to be on the uh, the dream team, and I also have to say that I have not received anything that's uh, you know uh, that's crossed my desk or or email that you know I think proves anything one way or another. Uh, in fact, I uh, I am very honored that I you know was selected to kind of be the uh, the vetter of, of information for, for what is generated. I have not seen the latest batch of photos that uh, were found in somebody's box or garage or something. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah. somebody had passed away. I, I've actually not seen the photos, uh, so I can't comment on them. Um, it, the ET hypothesis is one that's very, very persistent, and uh, I'm not all that convinced that uh, everyone on the Dream Team is is uh, really committed to the ET hypothesis. Uh, I think uh, there is a commitment that something very unusual happened in Roswell. And I think um, there's enough evidence that something very unusual happened that it does bear some investigation and study. And the fact that there's been such a change in official attitude and explanations, you know, from nothing happened at all to, well, maybe something did happen, but it was just a, uh, you know, a the mogul balloon. And, oh, maybe it wasn't just the mogul balloon, but maybe we dropped some dummies as well. And, you know, maybe there isn't anything in the uh, government records at all. And, oh, maybe we have found some. Uh, I, I think the fact that there's been such a fluctuation um, suggests that there is something that there's some there's something that's smoking there uh, whether it's still on fire or not I don't know but I think there there's some very interesting things that probably occurred now the problem is such a long time has passed uh, that we no longer have first person accounts we have in fact we're getting into the range of where we don't have second and third person accounts either um, you know the passing of Marcel recently was uh, was very sad but you know, we're we're going on the fact that uh, you know there's there's really no good evidence that uh, there was a UFO there. I mean, there's there's you know rhetorical uh, arm waving that's going on that something happened. Uh, we do have the fact that something was was retrieved. In terms of a UFO case, I make the case in one of my books that it's actually not a very good UFO case. Nobody saw a UFO. Uh, in the sky, land, and then you know there's debris or material take uh, you know in the in the ground, and we uh, it takes off, and we're able to to look at it again. That we there's many close encounters of the second kind uh, where that occurs. Roswell's not one of them. 
Uh, there, in fact, there's very little to connect what was seen and heard in the skies, you know, in and around the thunderstorm a few days previous to what was found on the on the ground. In fact, it's a great leap of faith to suggest that that was the same thing. You know, I was looking at this new book about UFO conspiracies from Kevin Randall, mm-hmm. and he kind of resurrects or rehashes a lot of stuff, such as Roswell. And we remember what originally happened here was there was a report that went over the wires that they found a flying disc. Mm-hmm. And then that changed quickly to a balloon. They had the photos. Here's the balloon. It's nothing to it. And then the case kind of vanished from the scene for a number of years. And then when they came out with the book on Roswell in the late 70s with Charles Berlitz and William Moore and Stanton Friedman, then the whole case is being resurrected again. But then they were at a point where it's 30 years from the original event, more than 30 years. And they're trying to reclaim memories of something. And you think even people who were there, they've been focused. They've been living through many, many changes in popular culture. And just remembering what really happened was difficult. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what I had for breakfast today. So I'm, I'm not one to talk in that regard. So I had a raisin bagel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's true. You know, we're, we're looking at things that are a long time ago. There is a lot of evidence that the government can cover up stuff. I mean, you know, uh, uh, as, as much as people say that there's a lot of leaks and we've got Snowden doing his, uh, his wikis and, and things like that. But I mean, you know, the Manhattan Project went on under the noses of so many people for so long. The Corona program, uh, which uh, you know, actually flew over Canada uh, at one point and was dropping satellite uh, um, films and, and things like that. Uh, being retrieved by by uh, military programs and so forth, and then a lot of these programs weren't even admitted until dozens and dozens and dozens of years after that they were they were classified. We're only finding out about them now. So I think secrets can be kept. Uh, also, the thing to remember is that that area around Roswell. I mean, that was this was Operation Paperclip time. This was spiriting away German scientists to work on V two rockets following the war. So there was a lot of highly classified, very, very important military uh, objectives that were going on at that time. Uh, Stan Friedman makes the point it was uh, one of the site of one of the first uh, nuclear missile bases. I mean, there's uh, a lot of stuff that suggests something very highly classified was going on in that particular area. Whether it's alien landing or crashes or whatever, or something a little more mundane, uh, I think it's interesting that people are pursuing this I suspect that, you know, there's an interesting story there, but will we ever find out really what went on, given all the subterfuge that's gone on in intervening years? I'm not sure. I'm sure the original site has been scrubbed clean, no matter how many times you might want to go there with a metal detector, if that's the site at all. Uh, I think uh, any official documents, you know, really detailing what went on have been shredded and disposed of long ago. They're not going to be filed and sitting in some, some dusty basement on a military base. Uh, and all the people involved are either passed on or have been sworn to such a high level of secrecy that they'll take it with them to their graves. Now, having said that, I don't know what to make of some of the deathbed confessions that have been prop- copying or, uh, popping up recently by supposed military officers. I know we don't have any proof of who these people are. Uh, there's no follow-up interviews, but they're interesting stories. So I suspect that something very interesting and unusual and maybe earth-shattering occurred uh, that has given rise to the Roswell story. 
But I would not be surprised at all if we simply never find out what really went on. I'm going to ask one more question about Roswell, and I think a lot of our listeners are sick and tired of hearing of the case. But I've also maintained if there is one case that demonstrates UFOs are real and something unusual, that's all we need. Anyway, Chris Rutkowski joins us with KK and Gene. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. 
With new and ever-increasing health threats on the rise, there has never been a more crucial time to support your immune system. Supernatural Silver is a revolutionary new silver solution that is clinically shown to be several hundred times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver and is powerful enough to help protect you and your family from deadly viruses, bacterias, and fungus. Supernatural Silver is scientifically supported, highly effective, and perfect for everyday use inside the body as well as out. The Science Digest Journal says silver is our mightiest germ fighter. It is virtually non-toxic and is emerging as a wonder of modern science. Supernatural Silver is the number one choice of thousands for improved health and immune system support. Find out how Supernatural Silver can change your life. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off. Give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I think, KK, you should try to invent a different voice, so when you're KK Barnes instead of Chris O'Brien, we don't get that confused. Pentecost. Okay. I don't know about that. No, that was a good impression of John Wayne, I thought, wasn't it? It's an impression of something. I'm not really quite sure what that something is. The Paracast. <laughs> All right. We'll maybe have Chris, the other Chris, do that announcement in our next segment. Okay. Let's continue briefly about Roswell. Now, if Roswell is not a balloon, if Roswell is not a test aircraft, if it's some kind of alien ship, that ship has to be somewhere. The wreckage has to be somewhere. If bodies were recovered at the Roswell scene. Those bodies have to be somewhere. Someone has to be investigating this. So people out there have guilty knowledge of Roswell because people are doing this research, especially if it's involving reverse engineering. And I'm not talking, of course, about Velcro and night vision goggles and the stuff from Phil Corso's book. I'm talking about something where we have a real event, where is the wreckage, where is the proof, who has it, or is it hidden away somewhere in Warehouse 13 and people forgot about it? That doesn't make sense either. So what's your perception about that, Chris? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ifs there. Uh, you know, the reality is, if if there had been uh, a crash or, or something was retrieved, and, and you know, where do you put it, um, given the the fact that everybody has heard of of uh of area 51 and uh hangar 13 and and whatever you know that's the least likely place that it's going to be i mean they found einstein's brain in a mayonnaise jar in kansas in somebody's office you know who knows where uh, pieces of debris from a crashed ufo might end up Uh, it could be literally anywhere possibly not even in the united states anymore uh there's doorstop in dick cheney's bunker Dick Cheney's bunker, yeah, yeah. And so uh, Dick Cheney wakes up every morning, and he sees across the hall the wreckage from the Roswell spaceship. Okay, so we've got a new rumor started now. <laughs> Absolutely, and he, and he probably puts his feet up on it when he's reading the paper. Well, you know, his new heart is alien. Uh, it, it was reverse engineered. Absolutely right. Dick Cheney has a heart. Well, you know, the other thing I like to say, and I've actually 
uh, I've used this a few times in my talks, and I say I I finally have proof uh, that aliens have come down to Earth and taken over the minds and bodies of humans, because how else can you explain Rob Ford? Surely people in the United States have heard of Rob Ford. Yes, we have. So there you go. But then some people say the same thing about Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney or Chris Christie or any number of people. Absolutely. Oh, we're getting to politics here. People are going to be freaking when we get involved in the politics. But you get the point here. Yeah. A lot of ifs. If we have the spaceship, it's got to be somewhere. People are working on it. Or would it have been moved to private industry because that way the secrets kept better? Well, of course, uh, there's a, you know, private industry and and, uh, military technology. There's a lot of cross-pollination going on. You have to understand that some of the major companies, uh, Lockheed and and Hughes and uh, even Hewlett-Packard and places like IBM, you know, there, there's a sort of a military um, injection going on and there's there's a working on both sides. So whether it's in, in industry totally or in sort of a hybrid, um, who knows? Um, I wouldn't at all be surprised if the technology and what they found in Roswell was so far in advance that they haven't figured it out yet. Forget about you know, uh, reverse engineering, uh, the old argument about if you gave Leonardo da Vinci an iPhone, would he be able to understand how it works and would he be able to duplicate it? Um, in, in his day, given his technology, no, it would sit on his shelf and he would have no idea. I mean, he'd take it apart, but he would have absolutely no idea some of the concepts and processes involved on, on how the thing could work. You know, if we do have a, a chunk of a spaceship from a civilization that somehow got here, uh, it might be so foreign that we have no idea what some of the function was and how to recreate it. I mean, we're sort of fooling ourselves when we think that we'd be able to understand alien technology. One of the things that astronomers do, we start speculating about uh, what the advanced civilizations are like. I mean, our sun is an average star. Uh, there are stars that are millions of years older than our sun that are about the same age and uh, in terms of astronomical uh, 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 figures, uh, the same temperature, they will have planets the same. You know, we are holding in our hands sometimes an example of the iPhone. You know, 20 years ago, that was completely ridiculous and preposterous to think that you could have a device like that uh, to communicate with. Well, 20 years from now, what are you going to be holding in your hand if you're going to be holding anything in your hand at all? What are you going to be communicating with others with in 50 years? In a hundred years, in a thousand years, and I've said that you know the, there's stars similar in temperature to our sun with planets uh, that could be a million years in advance. Well, let's just be a little a little more pessimistic. Let's say there's a civilization out there that's only a hundred thousand years more in advance than us. Only. Uh, I mean, will they have been able to figure out how to travel between the stars? How would they communicate? What would their ships look like? Would we even recognize them as ships? Would silly things like radar be easily enough to uh, to dismiss and hide from? Really? I mean, we have simply no idea of the technology of the future. So in that case, it would be so alien, so advanced, it would just be sitting there. And they might as well put it on ice or stick it in the bottom of this warehouse 13 because they couldn't figure it out. But then if they recovered bodies, that's another story. Yes, if they recovered bodies, that would certainly, you know, be a little bit different. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, I know the, you know, the stories about uh, 
you know, the bodies being some of them being alive, some of them working in conjunction with alien with the Americans and the underground bases and Dulce and things like that. I mean, to me, those are pretty fanciful uh, stories. But if there were uh, their bodies inside, uh, that would certainly help us, uh, you know, in trying to understand where they were from and what the technology was like. My guess is they'd probably want the bodies back. Well, the other assumption here is why would we consider them to be even living things? They could be robots of some sort, cyborgs, whatever. Yeah, and uh, the reality is, you know, we're living in the Steven Spielberg generation where anything and everything is possible. Uh, so we are, you know, this allows us to be spurred into thinking about our universe in different and, and fairly remarkable ways. And the people who are working in labs and, and are the engineers and the physicists of today, they grew up watching Star Trek on TV and, and uh, Buffy and X-Files and, and things like that. So the possibility is endless for, for developing concepts and enlarging one's mind and one's world. So you know, a lot of this is advancing. The fact that science fiction actually advances science more than people uh, credit it. So, in fact, uh, you know, it's a wonderful way uh, to encourage youth in schools to think in terms of science, is to get them going and talking about some of the science fiction concepts. And I, uh, you know, do the same thing with UFOs. I encourage uh, young people to talk about, you know, if there were aliens, would they look like us? Would they have two eyes? Would they necessarily have two legs? How would they travel? What would they breathe? What would they eat? How would they communicate? All these wondrous things to get people thinking and talking about who we are, not necessarily about what aliens are like, but who we are. And can you really understand what humans are like by looking outward? And you yeah. wonder if that isn't part of the purpose of UFOs, to <laughs> yeah. make us think about the future. Absolutely. And what a wonderful way of doing it. Yeah. Jumpstart some sort of evolutionary imperative, a survival strategy to get the human race off this planet before you know, the sun goes supernova or uh, we get a really bad coronal mass ejection or get hit by an asteroid. Uh, you know, this this could be a way that we are fooling ourselves to invigorate our efforts to actually get out there and seed our gene pool out into the stars. It makes a lot of sense to me. And Lord, Except Lord. for Roswell, because if Roswell is a physical craft that was physically recovered, then that goes against that meme. But then there are others to argue about. We well, have right. Chris Rutkowski joining Gene and KK. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I am a 47-year-old female and had a heart attack in 2005. This is Alice from New Jersey. I still get angina, even with four stents. I was taking nitro two or three times a week. The very first day after taking heart and body extract, the chest pain was gone. Now I don't wear a nitro patch. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Do good people ever want to call an attorney just to find out if they're right or wrong? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what are you forced to think about first? Money. If you could call as often as you wanted and talk as long as you need without a bill, would you call? Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. If you suffer seasonal or environmental allergies and your doctor has told you that the only answer is medications for the rest of your life, Dr. Peter Glidden has an alternative solution that doesn't involve drugs with terrible side effects. One of my favorite add-on products to the 90 essential nutrients for people who are suffering with allergies is a product called Cell Shield RTQ. Cell Shield RTQ. The Q in that product stands for a biochemical called quercetin, and quercetin is a natural antihistamine. It doesn't flag out your immune system like antihistamines do. To manage your allergies without a lifetime of prescription or over-the-counter drugs, order Longevity's Cell Shield RTQ today by calling 855-347-3696. That's 855-347-3696 or on the web at fireyourmdnow.com. That's fireyourmdnow.com. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and KK and Chris Rutkowski, we were focusing there about the possibilities of the UFO mystery and what it means to people if only to make us think about the future, that in and of itself, regardless of whether they're spaceships or not, tends to make it really fascinating. All right, let me ask you one more thing about the Dream Team before we leave that subject, maybe forever. 
Now, when I talked to Kevin Randall about this a couple of times on the show, he said the purpose was to kind of look at the Roswell evidence as a cold case to see if anything new could be learned about it. Now, except for the story about the slides in the attic, which we haven't heard much more about. Are we getting anywhere at all? Is there any progress being made towards coming up with more answers about Roswell? Uh, I have not had... Um, much coming my way recently in terms of the progress. I know that there, uh, uh, that Kevin's working at it. That uh, there's some talk about another expedition back at the site. There's uh, at this point you're talking about trying to track down, you know, uh, third and fourth hand sources who can testify that somebody had said they really saw something uh, and that something really existed. And it's it's a matter of you know as you had yourself said. You know, somebody out there has information. It's a matter of finding that person. And uh, one of the ways that uh, police work cold cases is that they really extend their net wider and wider and wider and begin to look at every available tip that they had received and see if there's anything that makes sense into a larger picture. Um, and, uh, you know, that's uh, that's one of the things that the, the Dream Team is looking for. Now, whether there's anything out there to be found uh, or, or not, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it is, as we pointed out, it's a long time ago, and a lot of people's memories are, are gone. And a lot of the, the people who, uh, you know, will have had information have passed away. Uh, and the documents themselves are, are probably not around anymore. But the possibility is there, and that's why uh, the, a lot of people refuse to give up on this particular case. Like you say, it's sort of the, the holy grail. It's the case that could prove things one uh, way or another. And uh, that it's why people are, are really doggedly pursuing it. Well, I would think, Chris, with all the material that was allegedly collected by the military, that somehow, someone, sometime, somewhere would have squirreled away a piece of that memory metal-like material and that it would have surfaced by now. Uh, that's a very good, uh, good point. You know, somewhere somebody had a little piece of metal that sprung up uh, instead when you squashed it and that would be enough to uh, you know to keep you going and try and duplicate it and there's been some suggestion you know that some labs and some universities have had such things and uh, that's uh, uh, that's what's you know kept going uh, in a lot of research but you know why hasn't that person come forward I don't know I mean you can you know put on your paranoid hat and say that they were threatened with death of their families and all their livelihood and so forth if they said anything and you know that would certainly keep a lot of people from talking whether you know it'd be possible to put a, such a lid on it that nobody talked that remains to be seen but again the government does keep secrets and there's been proof that it has been the, you know the black projects that are approved every year by Congress are of the uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And we have no idea what a lot of that stuff goes for. So um, there are secrets being kept. Are some of them related to UFOs and, and Roswell? I have no idea. But that's what keeps a lot of people going on, uh, on this whole Roswell thing. Is there a point here where you say, you know what, we've done everything we can about Roswell. We're just going to have to set it aside for now. Well, and I think that's what a lot of people have done. I think Kevin and, and the team, uh, like you say, are looking at it as a cold case. So they're pursuing it in, in a lot of ways. And cold cases sometimes take many decades to, uh, to arrive at fruition. So uh, I think there's a lot of other things that they're working on, but uh, they're just not letting go. I mean, 
There was a news report just today that somebody believed they found the Holy Grail, like the Grail, like the cup. Uh, and how long have people been searching for that besides Indiana Jones? So, you know, there's, there are these things that people are going to be searching for for a long time. Maybe it's just that one bit of evidence that uh, is required and it'll blow everything uh, up and uh, we'll have the answers. But until that point, we just we just simply don't know. Huh. I think we'll just stop the discussions of Roswell. But every time we do and every time we promise to do that, people <laughs> are still coming back. Right. <laughs> Chris Rutkowski, do you think we'll ever in our lifetimes have some real answers about UFOs? I would have to say in our lifetimes, no. Uh, and it's not that I'm being pessimistic. I think that the question is so complicated. I, I mean, we're like, even if we are a year away from the discovery of an Earth-like planet, we're many years away from contact with other civilizations uh, in our galaxy. Unless uh, they take the move and contact us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they might want to be contacting us, and maybe they're broadcasting on a frequency right now that we're just not paying attention to. But I, I think there will be communication eventually between other civilizations in our galaxy. But uh, you know, right now we're just focusing on radio waves and, and uh, optical resources, so maybe there's something else we're not trying. No. Also, you have to think here, if we establish radio communication, either it takes decades or centuries, or they're using subspace radio. Or, yeah, something that we haven't been able to the tap into yet. And the UFO phenomenon is going to continue on. I mean, I, you know, I, although I you know, believe that there's alien civilizations out there, you know, I don't, I'm the doubting Thomas. I, I don't see the, the proof that they really are here. At the same time, there's a real phenomenon because that's what my data suggests. But saying the two are related is not completely valid yet. So there, there's a relationship. But in what form does that make? I mean, it's possible that what people are reporting are some you know, military operations that are classified secret. It's possible that there's a natural phenomenon. It's possible that there's some hitherto unexplored uh, other atmospheric phenomena. It's possible that there you know, is a whole series of things. But I think it's important. That other tenants in the building. Pardon me? Other tenants in the other building. Other tenants in the building. It's important for the scientific community to take another look. At, uh, at UFOs so that uh, we do have a better understanding of our world and our universe. And even if it doesn't turn out to be spaceships, people are seeing something, and we really should know what it's all about. Uh, absolutely. You see, one of the rare shows here that covers a lot of UFOs where we don't take the position necessarily that they're spaceships. They might be. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of complexities there. We have inconsistencies in terms of the shape the size etc etc so if it were spaceships does it mean they have all sorts of different models that come down here different civilizations i wouldn't presume to know chris rutkowski would you tell our listeners if they have more information they need more information or they have a sighting to report where they can get a hold of you absolutely uh the uh survey the canadian ufo survey is available online at survey.canadianuforeport.com. That's survey.canadianuforeport.com. And uh, to report UFOs, uh, you can actually send it uh, via email at canadianuforeport at hotmail.com. And you can see me on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm uh, Ufology Research on Twitter. 
And uh, there's a, you know, a host of ways in which uh, you can uh, contact others to report your own sightings. You know, I've mentioned Peter Davenport and MUFON. Uh, if you see something, we won't be able to get any closer to understanding the UFO phenomenon unless you report what you've seen. Yeah. So, by gosh sakes, report it. Chris, the other Chris, or KK, has a great new book out called Stalking the Herd about the cattle mutilation phenomenon. Appears to be taking off there to a reasonable degree at Amazon Books. He's been doing the book author's circuit. But if you want to buy a copy and have him personally autograph that copy, go to stalkingtheherd.com. That's stalkingtheherd.com. And that also leads to his other site, ourstrangeplanet.com. Once again, if you buy it from Chris and not from Amazon, where they take, you know, a 4,000% in profit, then Chris will... He's so grateful he'll sign the book. And my own publisher would be uh, yelling at me if I didn't point out that I have a number of books. There you go. Oh, we do. Out okay. there as well. And you just go look for my name, Chris Redkowski, on Amazon. And my most recent book is called The Big Book of UFOs. Okay. You can find cool. us on Twitter, where we are at The Paracast on Twitter. Go to forum.theparacast.com to check out the forums, pose questions for upcoming guests. Chris Rutkowski, thank you for joining us on the PowerCast. Thank you. The PowerCast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the PowerCast. <laughs>